This episode of Achieving Rally, the podcast, has been brought to you by HorrorPack.com. Do you like movies? Do you like mystery boxes? Now for the biggest question. Do you like horror movies? Yes. Yes, I believe you do. HorrorPack.com has your fix for both. Sign up. And every month you'll get four movies on either DVD or Blu-ray. Unless you sign up for both. Well now, how much is this fantasy of horror? The DVDs are $19.99 a month. The Blu-rays are $24.99 a month. Pretty much a deal right there. Oh, and tell them Larry Greenstein sent you from Achieving Reality, the podcast. Horrorpack.com It's what everyone is dying for. <laughs> hey, look, they're recording again. Oh my god, are you serious? No, and stop calling me Shirley. <laughs> I didn't say Shirley, are you serious? Shirley, anyway, that'd be Shirley, you must be joking. And I'm not the one who fucked up the line. <laughs> I didn't fuck it up either! Hello, everybody! Nah, I'm just kidding. Hey, everyone, it's time for another Achieving Rally the Podcast. Yes, that's right, it's time for that wonderful thing that you put yourself through every week, just so you can hear my insane babbling. This week, I think we talked more about Harry and a couple other things. So uh, sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of Achieving Rally the Podcast. We'll see you at the end. Maybe. Historical dinner party a hosts from hell. All right, that's a party I probably don't want to go to, but it's a middle party. Uh oh. Oh, I got it on the carpet. Sorry, just a little red dot on the carpet now. Damn it. All right, so number ten. Number ten. Dalmatian. Dalmatian. Yes, Dalmatian. They're horrible party hosts. <laughs> In ninety A.D. Oh, good lord, this is going back. Yes, the Roman emperor, Domitian, invited a slew of aristocrats to his palace for a banquet they would never forget. They arrived <laughs> at night to find the dining room decorated floor to ceiling in black. Black marble surfaces, black paint, black drapes. Black <coughs> marble surfaces? Well, yeah, I mean, they would have, they'd have that. Yeah, but did they build it specifically for this event? Or was it It this is the Romans. Or is this just kind of, yeah. Even more unnervingly, they weren't allowed to bring their own attendants and were ushered in alone to places marked with personalized gravestones. Oh, sweet. The seats were rock-hard benches, and the food itself, made from things commonly referred to as sacrifices to the dead, was dyed black and served on black onyx Good plates. Lord. 
by naked, black-painted young boys. The original goth. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, who entered like phantoms, encircling the guests in awe-inspiring dance, apparently. Why is it this a movie? Why, why, why make this Caligula thing shit? Please? I'm almost thinking about turning this one into one myself. Just take that little bit and go, here, Chris, you and I need to write the script. I think they already did. The dinner conversation, or lecture as it turned out, from Domitian alone. I know I'm butchering the name, but don't care because he's been dead since who knows when. Uh, focused on the inevitability of death and decay. Only the Emperor spoke. His guests remained silent, perhaps stunned in fear, as though they were already dead. Or about to be. Given this guy's reputation for executing senators, his guests quite reasonably assumed they had been summoned by the Emperor to their doom! Even at the end of the night, when they were conveyed back to their homes in silence, they continued to fear for their lives. So they were likely horrified. Later on, when they each got a knock on the door, and were perhaps only mildly relieved... When it turned out to be the black-painted slaves from earlier bearing gifts, the black onyx plates and gravestones from the dinner party, and their own mortal bodies as brand new household servants. Oh, the this okay. Uh, I was thinking they were given like a life-size copy of themselves. No, it was the slave. The the black-painted thing. Yes. Historians believe this event was meant to honor the soldiers who died in the Dacian War. Dacian War? Dalek War. <laughs> Dalek War? Exterminate! But Domitian... Exterminate us. <laughs> ...must have been aware of the vibe, man. So, number nine. Number nine. Ella Gabulus. Ella Gabulus. Ella Gabulus? Agabagalus? Emperor Fabulous. <laughs> Emperor Fabulous! The Roman Emperor Fabulous, or Heliogabulus, ascended the throne as a teenager and ruled for just four years before he was killed and dunked in the Tiber. As it turned out, <laughs> Everyone's a critic. As it turned out, I know, right? That would have been funny if that was added in there. As it turned out, despite being par for the course, entitlement, hedonism, and cruelty were frowned upon and such a powerful ruler. Many of the filthy anecdotes that surround his life may be untrue, but they all agree on one thing. Agaflagalus was an incompetent, pleasure-seeking despot. He was known for his extravagant banquets, prodigiously experimental appetite, consuming coxcombs from living birds, flamingo brains, parrot heads, and mullet beards. Is other things? Yes. They were hard to find back then, you know. Yeah, well, not really. He's been he's been around a long time, uh, but his guests who attend whose attendance was mandatory often went hungry. In fact, Egaglagolagablus treated them a little like dolls in a make believe tea party, serving them wax work or earthenware replicas of whatever he happened to be eating. So if he was eating a bag of dicks, everybody got a fake bag of dicks. <laughs> And this wasn't to cut down on costs. If it was anybody but the Romans, I would say so. <laughs> he was just wanting them tormented by hunger. In any case, he was also known for serving up meals cut with gems, peas with gold pieces, lentils with onyx, beans with amber, and rice with pearls, etc. Perhaps hoping they'd all chip their teeth. No matter the cost, another prank was to seat guests on inflatable pillows 
instead of his own fur feather filled cushions and have slaves gradually let the air out while they dined. Later, when they passed down all drunk, he is said to have drawn dicks on their faces. I was going to say, drawn dicks on their faces with a sharpie. Put their hands in warm water. Unleashed lions and leopards and bears. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> to frighten them out of their stupors and sometimes even to death. Well, this is a great guy. Well, he really takes a joke a long way, doesn't he? Yeah. Wow. I'd rather you draw my face with a pencil. Well, not pencil. That would hurt. <laughs> with, with, a, with a Sharpie. Well, back then, I'd give you lead poisoning, too. That's true. Uh, Epiglottis. Epiglottis. Maybe you should get his name right. I should, but I don't Just in care. case he has another party is, in store. Yeah. His mo- Why? Then if I get it wrong, he won't, he won't invite me. Uh, is most famous, however, for allegedly suffocating his dinner guests beneath a mass of rose petals, violets, and other flowers released through a reversible ceiling. That's actually kind of cool. Was it a fucking Bond villain? <laughs> Emperor Blofeld. <laughs> this incident was depicted in the 1888 painting The Roses of Hagelagablagaflagel, and We're just well, going to call him now. <laughs> and while it, well, it's almost over. And while improbable, highlights his decadent sadism. Decadent sadism. That's a good name for the episode. <laughs> the Vikings. Oh, no, no, no. Klaus episode. <laughs> the Vi- Number eight. The Vikings. All of them? Din in Havam. Sayings of the High One. Um... Well, it wouldn't be so bad if there weren't so many fucking typos and weird errors with strange characters. Not even so much that. It, it's it's punctuation just in weird spots. I mean, the question marks and the exclamation points are driving me absolutely batshit. Viking feasts often last for days, sometimes involving human sacrifice, and were always fueled by booze. But the Vikings still found time to make trouble in England. By the 10th century, only Wessex, a southern kingdom that encompassed what is now Glastonbury, Stonehenge, and Bristol, remained unconquered by the Danes, and King Thelred was at his wit's end. Despite signing boundary agreements and peace treaties, and even paying the Vikings off, as agreed, (laughs) the king continued to have trouble with invaders, and when he finally received warning of threats to his own life, he ordered all the Danes in his kingdom rounded up and slaughtered culminating in the St. Bryce's Day Massacre. Is that anything like the St. Valentine's Day Massacre? No. No? No. Well, the massacre. Oh, okay. Well, then something... They have that in common. Yeah. But the methods and reasonings Um, are... But but it only worsened the problem, alienating his few Danish allies and inviting revenge from the Danish king Sven Forkbeard. And his son, Hamlet. (laughs) No. This is... Sven Forkbeard and his son Knife Mustache. was <laughs> especially incensed at the... Uh, oh, he liked incense, apparently. <laughs> Murder of his sister with her husband and child. The raids continued with... Pat- murdered his sister with their son and child? Apparently. The father and child were... The husband and child. Yeah. Uh, the raids continued... That's hardcore, man. <laughs> with perhaps even greater ferocity, and in 1011 A.D., the Vikings besieged the town of Canterbury, burning much of it to the ground, including the famous cathedral. They took the Archbishop Afflegi hostage. However, they demanded a ransom so high that the Archbishop refused to let anyone pay it. He knew it impoverishes people. Pizzle? People. So, unsure of what they would do with the cleric, the Vikings simply dragged Afflegi around with them to their ships 
to political meetings, and most fatally, to a feast. By this time, the Vikings had apparently had quite enough of the archbishop, and after getting drunk in the usual manner, pumped the man with ox bones and horns from their meal, leaving him close to death. Finally, one of them swung an axe into his head, and that was it. That sounds great. Yeah, let's not go to that part either. Number seven. Oh, here's one we definitely don't want to go to. Lucretia Borgia. Oh, boy. The illegitimate... Illegitimate? The illegitimate daughter of Pope Alexander II, uh, I'm sorry, sixth. Lucretia was a king. Don't be besmirching the wrong Pope now. (laughs) Was a king. Well, I don't know what I said, Pope Alexander XVI or whatever. You're getting troll. Lucretia was a member of the ruthlessly influential House of Borgia. Are they the piano playing guy? No, the dressmakers. No. Among the other things, the Borgias were known for their dinner parties and decidedly unchristian get-togethers, most notably the infamous Banquet of Chestnuts. Uh, you ready for this? I don't know. An all-night orgy where prostitutes stripped naked and crawled about on all fours, picking up chestnuts like pigs, while the Pope and his children looked on. How's that an orgy? The Pope and his children? Yes. Remember, at that point in time, the Pope was allowed to be married. Lucretia herself often played the hostess to such affairs and was always outwardly gracious, greeting each of her guests with a smile. But she's also thought to have worn a ring with a hidden vial of por- file of poison. It's P-H-I-A-L. Something she may have used to kill off her family's enemies or perhaps anyone she didn't like. The poison, Cantarella, Cantharidin from blister beetles or arsenic mixed with pig entrails. Mmm... Why? Probably works good. No, arsenic doesn't tend to do a bad job itself. Well, maybe there was something in the pig entrails that upped its power. Insult to injury? Maybe. Uh, Was one of her favorite methods. In private, she's also said to have stabbed or garroted those who crossed her. Actual facts about Lucretia Borgia's life are murky, but she's thought to have been loyal to her father. Some consider her a prawn in the male Borgia's... A prawn? Yes, a prawn? Hey, I only read what's written. Power games, but the fact that she was often left in charge of her in father's absence suggests she was in on it all. Indeed, her first husband, Giovanna Saforza, which there's a Porsche Ferrari named after him. It's absolutely beautiful. Uh, accused her of incest with the Pope. Ew. Ew. Number six. Number six. Sun How. Sun How? 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 Sun Hao, the last of the emperors of Wu, one of three ancient Chinese states. (laughs) He's the emperor of Wu. He's the emperor of Wu. (laughs) (laughs) Those are two different things. I know. Rule between 264 and 280 AD as the number one tyrant of the era. He was often drunk. Number one. (laughs) Wu. Number one. (laughs) Wu. Yes, I am. <laughs> he was often drunk, and like many heavy drinkers, liked the others to get drunk with him too. <laughs> yes, we are. At one banker, he became so angry at one of his imperial counselors for pretending to be drunk when he wasn't. I'm so drunk Woo. that he had him beheaded. Holy shit! <laughs> I am so drunk. Woo. Why would you lie about a thing like that, really? Then he dropped, he ordered his guards to toss the head from one man to the next, each taking a bite, until the flesh was stripped down to the skull. 
Good lord. Dinner with We're not making a movie of this. Dinner was I don't know, it'd be a fun one too. Dinner oh, was fun. Sun Hall was great uh, it was generally a tense affair. What is that head made out of? Made out of? <laughs> yeah. What do you mean? Uh, in fact Tofurky. Tofurky. <laughs> in fact <laughs> In fact, Mr. Howe's insistence on mutual oblivion when it came to drinking with others. Probably had to do with more with his paranoia. Than, oblivion. It's, it's the new Pink Floyd album. Uh, the name I was mad in high school. <laughs> more to do with his paranoia than any desire for revelry. His bankers were carefully observed by a team of imperial re- rectums, spies essentially, who scrutinized his, de- his guests for treason. And often all it took was a disobedient glance or a stray remark to have their eyes gouged out or their face peeled off as punishment. Jesus! This guy's worse than the Romans! Number five. Number five. Genghis Khan. As a child, Genghis Khan, or whatever the hell his name was... John Wayne. John Wayne. Killed his own brother for eating a fish by himself without sharing... Thought it unwise, apparently, to keep such a selfish person alive in his already impoverished family. But this was just one of the many food-related episodes to come. During a siege of the Jin capital in Zhengdu, present-day Beijing, for example, he trapped citizens inside the city in a bid to starve them into submission, but they turned to cannibalism and ate each other instead. Didn't see that coming. Leaving mountains of bones and fat for the invaders. After having Do one really rather portly gentleman. <laughs> oh. yeah. you hate the whole town. <laughs> I everybody. I saved the town. Later, having defeated Russ in the Battle of the Kalaka River and accepting the survivors' surrender, he ordered the commander Mislav the Daring and two other Russ. Mislav the Daring. <laughs> oh. Princes to be stretched out under boards alive and for a feast to be ranged on top of them. In this way, the Mongols enjoyed the victory blanket, enjoyed a victory banquet while their enemies slowly suffocated under. Oh, okay. It wasn't just the table, they were literally sitting on these people. The Sultan of Persia actually met a similar fate at the hands of Khan! Having been rolled up in a rug with his family and trampled to death by horses. Number four. It's not like he's just making shit up off the top of his head. I know. Have them rolled up in a carpet and trampled with horses. Yeah, sounds good. Sounds good. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that. That's not evil. That's not evil, right? <laughs> I, I guess. The Scythians. Or the Scythians or Scythians. Or... The Sith. The Sith. Number four, the Sith. Seraxes, the third king of Media in the present day. King that, of Media? That's what it's. Yeah. That's Howard Stern, isn't it? Apparently, this was the third king of Media, so this is after Howard Stern twice. Howard Stern's old. Twice removed. Uh, yeah. In present day northern Iraq, northwestern Iraq. Oh, we got I'm sorry, there. Iran. Uh, ascended the throne when his fought. Well, then they'll be excited to hear this. Was killed besieging the city of Nineveh. Mesopotamia. Narnia. Narnia, Nineveh. Right, right away, Nineveh. he sought to, no, to avenge his father and launched another siege on the city, 
but he was called away soon after to defend his own kingdom against the Scythians. These warlike uh, horsemen... I'll conquer you later. I got a thing. I got I got to go. There, look, have your people come on. People will plan this out. It'll be much better. Have your people attack my people. These warlike horsemen of the steppe appear to have antagonized everyone in their day and taken refuge in media, which for them meant subjecting it to their rule. Actories tolerated them quite well, even trusting them with the education of young Median boys, e.g. in the city and language and their formidable bow shooting skills. But it didn't last. The Scythians, Scythians... Welcome, dear. <laughs> this doesn't sit right with me. Had something of an agreement with Sidorax, and uh, no, 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 he's got big good. Uh, now he's got the juggernaut on his side. Uh, <laughs> that whenever they went out hunting, they would bring something back for the court. And when on one fateful occasion they didn't, the Median king was so enraged he hurled insults at the occupying force. Doo-doo head. Uh huh. The Scythians were, were... You're not very nice! The Scythians were indignant. Never once to stand for such treatment without revenge. They took one of the Median boys and trusted to their care. Some decided to be Sidorex's son. Killed him and chopped him into pieces. Then dressed the meat as they would any other game in hunting. Then they served it up to the king in one's history earliest Thesians banquets. And in response, Sidorax invited the majority of the Scythian chiefs to a banquet of his own, and after getting them all blind drunk, savagely murdered all of them. Number three. This war conducted through dinner parties? Apparently. Number three. Beat the hell out of a Twitter war. <laughs> Nidacris. Nidacris? Nicotine? <laughs> Nidacris. Nidacris remains a mistress. Nidacris. Neither Chris. Neither one. Blackburn. Or Etheridge. Or any of the others I know. Which ranges in the hundreds. These are the Chris's I know, I know. Actually, I want to do that and get all the Dave's I know together. Because I know about 15. So it would work. Nidacris remains a mysterious and possibly even mythical ancient ruler known throughout the accounts of classical historians. But if she lived, she is believed to have ruled Egypt between the end of the Old Kingdom and the beginning of the First Intermediate Period around 2200 BC according to Herodotus and her, and her husband Mephistopheles <laughs> the second the second was brutally killed by his nobles shortly after ascending the throne with snap nicotine to reign as pharaoh alone but she was evidently broken hearted and determined to get revenge on the assassins her method was legendary she ordered the construction of a vast underground banquet hall these Egyptians are really into building things. Well, they really were into having Jews build them things, but yes. I'm sorry, Hebrews at the time. Uh, connected by a hidden channel to the Nile and invited all the murderous nobles to celebrate her inauguration. Then, as they dined, she stepped out of the banquet hall into a secret adjoining duct work and arranged for the hidden... I wonder if that was made with duct tape. Nope and arranged for the hidden channel to be open, flooding the hall with river water and drowning everyone. Knowing her actions would be unpopular with the rest of her subjects, however, she concluded the evening by killing herself. This one filled with hot ass and smoke. What? <laughs> she killed herself by filling this other chamber with hot ass and smoke. Could you extrapolate on that a little bit? 
That's what it says. Hot smoking ass. <laughs> no, hot ass is smoke. So I guess there was a bunch of hot dudes in there for donkeys? her. Could be warm donkeys and smoke. Warm donkeys and smoke. <laughs> Episode two ninety. Hot ass and smoke. Oh, number two. Vlad the Imperial. Why does she just stay in the room? If she's going to kill herself anyway, why didn't she just stay in the room with the rest of them and just die? Because then it would have looked like she didn't do it. This way, at least they can say, oh, she stepped into a separate room, murdered everyone, and then felt real bad about it, and filled it with hot ass and smoke. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds like the way that Klaus is going to (laughs) die. Well, Klaus and Neil. Oh, well, I don't know about Neil. Maybe it's a new, uh, their new uh, crime drama series. Hot ass and smoke. It's like Starsky and Hutch. But... <laughs> I'm done. How many more we got to go? Two. Oh boy. I gotta pull my shit together. Better pull somebody else's together. Stop it. Oh God forbid we should have some humor on our podcast. People tune in for hard news. <laughs> have we ever done hard news? <laughs> we haven't done soft news. <laughs> we haven't done news. By the time we do it, it's like four weeks out of date. <laughs> <clears throat> hey, did you hear about this election? <laughs> Here they elected Trump. <laughs> Number two. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Although, by the way, speaking of Trump. That's not. No, no, this is funny. There's a guy out there who is trying to make a story about Trump and his whole, quote, reign. Mm-hmm. And he's basing all the characters that are in it off of D&D characters. It'll be their names, but he's taking what they appear to be and making them characters out of D&D and using that. It's pretty funny. Trump is a half-orc barbarian. So, All right, number two. Vlad the Impaler. Vlad, oh, I heard about this guy. Vlad Dracula, the 15th century prince. Makes or the best blood sausage. Vlad of Wallachia in present-day Romania was... Wakanda? Sure. Was n- known, indeed nicknamed, for being a dinner party host from hell. In his 20s, he hosted a feast for hundreds of boyar nobles and had most of them impaled at the end. This means... In the end. Literally. This meant spiking them on wooden stakes through the end. It says through the backside, but might as well go with it. And leaving them in writhing agony until they died, which could have been several days or weeks later. I don't know about that. They said the longest person supposedly was more than a week. Really? Yeah. This is that would be pretty much bleed out time. Exactly. Well, no, because from what I've heard is the stake would keep any ruptured whatever from bleeding because of all the pressure that was pushed against it. Hmm. So it was just basically suffocate time. No water, no food. So the water, no water, it'd only be three days, but I don't know. He, uh, he didn't just hate the boyar, though. He hated the poor. On another occasion, he gathered together the elderly, the sick, and the helpless from across the realm and plied them with fine wine and meat. He then sealed the doors of the specially constructed banquet hall and had his soldiers burn the place to the ground. His reasoning? Killing off the poor would naturally bring an end to their poverty. Yes, because they would be dead. 
I don't understand the point. Getting that poverty all over everything. Ah. Oh, not on the Be carpet. rich. Not on the carpet. And number one, the Papua New Guinea cannibals. The Melanesian island of New Guinea, or Papua, as the Indonesians call it, is known for its cannibal tribe. There have been numerous cases of Western explorers going missing, presumed, or known to have been eaten, including Michael Rockefeller, which we have talked about in mm-hmm. Mysteries of the Unexplained before. Mm-hmm. Uh, the son of New York Governor and U.S. Vice President Nelson Rockefeller in 61, Stan Dole and Phil Masters, two Christian ministries, ministries? Missionaries. <laughs> kind of the same thing. Uh, at Christmas in 1974, and a priest with 12 companions. It was Jesus and his friends in 1976. I used to watch that on Saturday mornings. Jesus and his friends? Jesus and his friends. Yeah, <clears throat> it was pretty good. I don't like that Judas guy, though. Oh, I'll come that in there. <laughs> well. I was like, seaman. Ew. So, <laughs> I was going to say, you'll get it in a second. Uh, I get it. Or, ooh. Um, but, but, ooh, cannibalism is more often a blood sport than a day-to-day dietary staple, much like bullfighting, pheasant shooting, or fox hunting in the West. It's the most deadliest. Or, you know, hot-ass smoke. Right down to the vicious pomp and circumstance that goes with it. One missionary witnessed a cannibal feast. Feast firsthand while living among the Danny tribe of the Balium Valley and provided notes on the thinking behind it. Following one of their routine battles with a neighboring group, the vicious, victorious Danny kept the corpse of a man speared through the heart and, after dressing it in their finest feathers and beads, carried it an hour's walk to where they knew they could be seen by their enemies. And sure enough, their enemies were watching from a nearby hill, weeping and pleading for the body to return for an honorable cremation. But the winners said, fuck you, we're going to eat them. After the tribesmen dumped the body on the ground, scores of women rushed over with pointed sticks and circled the corpse, stabbing it and stomping on it, slinging verbal insults. Tenderizing. Probably. While the men built a fire nearby, the missionaries suggested that the women were venting anger at their own losses to the enemy in battle. When came the time for preparation of the meat, the toes, meat from the calves, and so on, Unclear whether the missionary went native and sampled the flesh himself, but apparently he went home and threw up trying to forget about the experience. So there you go. That's it. Fucking finally. Not going to any more dinner parties, too that much. <laughs> oh, did I tell you about Thanksgiving? <laughs> oh, yeah. By the way, you're inviting Thanksgiving. So there you go. Uh, play some dinner party music. Flavored. Oh, I love those electric lime orchestra. Yes, tater chips. That's the first concert I ever went to. <laughs> I know the energy. So, who else is there? Win concert tickets every day. Yes, I found these at. Um, turnip. No, turnips don't really have a lot of flavor. 
Uh, I found these at uh, Walgreens. Did you now? I did. Not now. They've been sitting in my house for about a week now. So, but not so not. I didn't find them now. Well, what's the date on them? Found them then. What? Are they good still? Uh, until so long. weirdly enough, May seven of this year. Mm-hmm. So uh, two weeks before the podcast airs. So the ingredients are potatoes. Hard to believe. Imagine vegetable oil. All right, now this is where it gets weird. This is where it gets weird. Electric lime and sea salt seasoning. As if this is a product you could go and buy in a store. Buttermilk. I would need the electric lime seasoning, please. <laughs> sea salt. Citric acid, sour cream. Excuse me, because I can't seem to find the electric lime seasoning. <laughs> Skim milk, a natural flavor, sunflower oil, natural electric lime flavor, spice, cream, and gum acacia. Hmm. So they cut a acacia tree. I was worried about the cream. Wondering what that where that comes into play. Well, I'm, I don't know. So here we go. I guess what makes the lime electric. Mm-hmm. No, I think you took care of that. They just smell like potato chips. You know, usually, like, at least something yeah, like lime, lime or something. A hint of lime? I'm just literally getting just potato. Yeah. So these are going to be with a breath of lime. Maybe. It was electric lime. Ouch. <laughs> Suddenly, Larry injured himself during a taste test. There's some in there. What's that other flavor, though? It's electric. No, it's something cool. It might be the cream. Could be the lime. I'll get a little bit of sour from the lime. Mm-hmm. Well, there's like a sweet, cool thing going there. It's actually really good. Mm-hmm. It's really not limey enough to be called electric lime. Oh, I'd be expecting, you don't use the term electric. Yeah, if it's like you'd lime. Expect, yeah, you'd expect it to be like horrifically limey. <laughs> They're really good. They're good. They're real mellow. Mm-hmm. Which is really the opposite of what you'd expect from electric lime. lime. No, lime in general. I really want to get the beer cheese ones of these. Sorry, I've not seen them. I've only seen the two flavors we're going to be. Spoiler. Trying. What? I didn't say what the other one was. Yeah, I really like this a lot. Not much to say about them. No, not really. I, I there, is a, there is a touch of lime to them. I, and it's more lime than most of the hint of limes are and stuff like that. Well, no, hint of limes. You're like, lime! Yeah. You're like, who hinted at this? The fucking Jolly Green Giant or Hulk? Hulk want lime! Blah! <laughs> but just hint. But just in. That's just perfect. Hulk likes it when they're green and soggy. Hulk likes tortilla chips being self-referential. Yeah, they're really good. You know, they go great with them. Every time you talk about what this would go great with, it's usually a sandwich. No, well, yes. But, no, there's a, a really light flavor dip. I'm not talking ranch or... Sour cream. Well, that would probably go good with sour cream. Maybe you just use that as a dip. Yeah, probably overpower the lime, though. That's what I'm thinking. It'd probably be good with guacamole. Or some kind of salsa. 
Yeah, if you go with the fruit salsa, if you want just generic salsa, salsa is going to overpower it with the onions no. and the garlic. You can get like that salsa they give you at the uh, La Paria. That's true. I guess if you do fresh salsa, which mostly tomato and hot sauce, it'd do okay. Been hit with a stick blender for 14 hours. Yeah, yeah. So it's about the consistency of K.O. Peck <laughs> Tomato pectate? <laughs> ain't no feeling good, Mom. Try tomato pectate. And now there's going to be an ad in the middle of the show for tomato pectate. <laughs> Get that queasy feeling, but don't like the taste of kale pectate? No, try new tomato pectate. Try clamato pectate. That actually works With a little bit. saucy flavor of tomatoes and pectin. <laughs> and clam. Clamato pectate? Come on, <laughs> uh, I like them a lot. How do you think? And well, I mean, it's a lot. You can say a lot. I mean, they, they're potato chips with a bit of lime. With a little lime, and they're not even all that salty. I expected the sea salt to be a little it's bit bigger. It's kind of hope bigger. You know what I mean? Like more. Bolder. More salt. Yeah, more salty. No. I'm surprised I'm going to say this, but I think other than like plain... I don't know why I like these so much, but plain uh, Pringles, mm-hmm. these are the perfect chip. Who doesn't like plain Pringles? Well, a lot of people are just, oh, it's so boring. It's just potato and salt. So, yeah. Yeah, that's, what, that's how it started. And that's, yeah, they're, and they're phenomenal. And then... That's like going like, oh, I don't like episode four. This is kind of generic Star Wars. Yeah, it's Star Wars. Yeah. Literally. No. So, all right, there you go. We'll have to let Marissa try those. Of course, I've never heard anybody come out and say, oh, I like the prequels better. Well, that's because we're not asking kids under the age of yeah. 14. So, all right, well. And we're not going to. No, we're not. But if you happen to be listening to the podcast, first of all, slap your parents for allowing you to listen to the podcast. And then uh, second of all, uh, write in and tell us how much you, you think the one, two, and three are better than four, five, and six. Uh, you're wrong, yeah. but you can tell us. And when you're done with that, go into your parents' wallet and Sorry, those little green pieces of paper. <laughs> oh, that reminds me. When we were doing the episode of Facebook and things talking to your phone, mm-hmm. every time, and, I, and this is what made it funny, I was listening to that episode on my phone, and every time we said the words, okay, Google... It lit up. So it kept cutting the... According to dictionary.com, <laughs> from past participle of light, slang meaning drunk. I didn't even say to do anything, and it just came up with a weird... Needless to say... Every time? Every single time that we said it, it stopped playing the thing and popped something up and said, can I help you? <laughs> hey, Google! <laughs> <laughs> Hey, Google, what's a jack-in-the-box? Now it's not doing it. Dick. Hey, um, Google, does anyone want a Charlie in the box? It's not doing it now. Now it's mad at us. Oh, good. But, it's uh... It's off Google. It's off Google. But it was pretty funny, because I'm sitting there playing, I'm killing, you know, mutants, and, uh, I'm listening to the podcast, and every time it came up, it bloop, bloop, bloop. And I'm like, oh, my God. 
All right. Well, there you go. Because we did that a lot in that episode, too. We did. So there you go. Um, electric lime and sea salt, lays, rippled or wavy, potato chips are ribbed. Ribbed for my pleasure. Wavy potato chips are incredibly tasty. And if they stay on the market, I'm probably going to buy them again. All righty. In a bigger bag. So they, can kind of, so they can really rip me off and only give me like half a bag, which would basically be one of these. Not even one of these. All right. So uh, cue perfect chip music. And there it is. We talked about stuff and things and made you entertained. Are you not entertained? I hope you enjoyed it all. And uh, there'll be another one next week. Hey. For Chris, myself, Marissa, in parentheses, and all the crew, I'm Larry saying, Gaigo. Garbage in, garbage out. And if you know what I'm talking about, you used to be a programmer. This episode of Achieving Rally the Podcast has been brought to you by, well, us <laughs> here at Achieving Rally the Podcast. Hey there, Achieving Rally the Podcast listeners. I know you've enjoyed us for the last five years. Well, I've got news for you. We're now available on Spotify. That's right, Spotify. Log on to your Spotify account, look at the menu bar along the top, and click on the podcast. Then, search for Achieving Reality, the podcast. It's amazing. Now there's multiple ways to listen to my wackiness and Chris's snark. Achieving Reality, the podcast, now on Spotify. Go ahead, take a listen. Please terminate us.